and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional bullshit that William makes me watch. William, we watched fucking Showgirls. We watched. <laughs> we watched Showgirls. <laughs> uh, episode, episode fifty-four. We watched Showgirls. William. William. Let's let's give a rundown for the audience. Uh what happened? How did how how did we get here? <laughs> okay, so one morning, uh it was the first of I guess it was I don't know if no, it wasn't the first of April, it was like towards the end of April, Vinegar Syndrome, the boutique Blu-ray label, announced their black their halfway to Black Friday sale flash pre-orders, which were the actual sale will be going like a month later, but they did it for just the weekend. You could pre-order some of the big announcements for that early to get your order in first. Mm-hmm. And the big order, the big thing from that was the Vinegar Syndrome Ultra, Ultra Ultimate, whatever, which which term do they use? Uh, uh, Ultra. Ultra. They use, uh, they're big box set versions. They have, they, you, got, you got the movie. Usually it's in 4K. It comes with a booklet and it's a nice big hard case. Mm-hmm. And that the movie that they announced was the infamous Showgirls by Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> so I told Hal, hey, 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 Hal, Showgirls is getting a 4K. Yep. So then I dared him to buy it, and he said, it's already in my cart. And I said, oh, yeah, what's well, in my cart, too? Yeah, but why don't we do an episode on it then, huh? Yeah, motherfucker, let's do an episode yeah, on it. Yeah, let's fucking do it then. Yeah. And, and then months later, I get a very nice looking box from Vinegar Syndrome with the Vinegar Syndrome uh, logo on it. I open it up and I go, God damn it, the bit went too far. I bought Showgirls on 4K. <laughs> and let's specify this. This is a free disc set. So you get the 4K disc with, of the movie and then two blurry discs, one which has the movie on it and some small bonus features, and then a second disc with just a bunch of bonus features on it. Showgirls. We bought Showgirls. Okay, like, shout-outs to Vinegar Syndrome, though, just in general. Oh, oh yeah, no. They're they're a company I've always... I've been very excited to talk about my Vinegar Syndrome collection. Um, I mean, when I say collection, I mean, like... Three like movies. Three yeah, I have like three things, but like there are three things that I really like, like Tammy and the T Rex, New York Ninja. Now this, now Showgirls for crying like, out loud. They, because like the whole right point of Vinegar Syndrome is it's all for film preservation. Like yes. the name itself comes from like the actual term Vinegar Syndrome in film, which mm-hmm. is when like when film itself starts to deteriorate to a point where like it's becoming where like it's in danger of becoming unwatchable and like the chemicals and it starts to like deteriorate and it smells physically like vinegar. That's mm-hmm, where they get yeah. the name from. Yeah. The point of vinegar syndrome is to prevent vinegar syndrome. Yeah, no, exactly. No, they do great stuff. I'm they very take, like movies. Yeah. No one else would give a shit about normally and just give them the a list treatment. And they've come like a long, they start with porn, just outright porn. And like nowadays, like they're come so far, like they got, they got stuff from shout factory. They did like, yeah, a big release, a 4K release of Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. They did Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Yeah, they did Amityville Horror on 4K. Like they've come up. Yeah, exactly. They've they started in porn and now they do Showgirls. Wait, you said they moved up. <laughs> well, they still got to stick to the roots. Yeah, no, of course. F- fair enough. They got to stick to the. They're roots. doing Gorgo on 4K. They just announced that like, earlier this month. Oh, I'm sure Leonard Maltin is proud. 
Yeah. Wait, no wonder you've made Leonard Maltin like your obsession the past month or no, so. No, that was a coincidence. Oh, okay. <laughs> I already did that, and then they announced, oh, by the way, we're doing Gorgo in 4K. <laughs> like, what a coincidence. This is yeah. the year of Gorgo. This is the year of Gorgo, when no year should ever be the year of Gorgo. <laughs> It's got a cold fan base, but I'm not really part of it, surprisingly. Uh, you... I like the monster itself, though. The monster's cool. Oh, the monster... I mean, just saying the name Gorgo is funny, and I like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode where they have Leonard Malton, like holding them hostage by showing them Gorgo. Like, that's funny. Now, I like Gorgo, but it drives people to insanity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I recommend exactly. Gorgo. <laughs> I recommend Gorgo. Exactly. Funny stuff. But I've seen Gorgo twice now, and it's done nothing for me. It is a miserable movie. But speaking of miserable movies I've seen twice, uh, Showgirls. Okay, so do we just want to get right into it, or do you want me to, like, we still want to talk about the Blu-ray, just what you get with it, go into the bonus features real quick? Uh, just go into the bonus features, I mean... Yeah, because this show's about the Blu-ray, technically. I, this is about the Blu-ray, and plus the fact, I don't, I can't imagine a lot of people who follow us know what Showgirls even is. Like, they've heard of it, but, like, I doubt they've even seen it, so yeah. we'll get to the plot eventually, don't you fret? Yeah, like, to preface it, like, Showgirls is, like, a very... It's an infamous movie. It's yes. j a lot of critics deem it as one of the worst movies ever made. Spoiler: It's not. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I look. But like, I'm it's I'm, infamous. Yeah, I'm putting. I'm making this show. Uh, I'm putting up a show of like being like all negative and stuff. It is just for show. It is mostly for comedy. Like, objectively speaking, this is not the worst thing ever made. Like, it's yeah. It's just one of the things ever made. It is one of the things ever made. The poster's yes. kind of funny where she just looks like a giant leg. I, that is the funniest fucking thing in the world. I know that <laughs> the intention is that she's wearing a black robe that's covering most of her body. Yeah, exactly. But, like, she, she looks like a leg. She just looks like a leg, yeah. No, Nomi Malone just looks like a just like this giant leg person. That It's the funniest thing in the world. But yes, please, talk more about the Blu-ray. Okay, because... so you got the uh, 4K yeah. disc, which has the NC-17 cut of the movie. Uh, okay. Presented in HDR and newly restored from an existing studio master with a 5.1 surround mix, 2.0 stereo mix, and a doc a commentary track called The Greatest Movie Ever Made with David Schmader. Uh, and it should be specified that the uh, master that they used was a Verho Verhoeven's own director-approved color-graded master. That's cool. Yeah. And it and does look get, great. It does yeah, look the, great. The transfer looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I watched the 4K disc. I don't actually have a 4K TV yet, but even then, like, I can tell, like, this just looks really done, well done. Yeah. Like, again, like, they're taking, like, the bottom of the barrel stuff and giving it the A-list treatment and marketing for the collectors. Like, we haven't even talked about, like, the fact, like, the Vinegar Syndrome slipcovers are, like, way thicker than a normal slipcover and they're just really nice yeah no that is something i've noticed like it's it's a lot sturdier so i feel like it'll like last longer like that's yeah that's awesome like more movies should get that kind of treatment and not just showgirls you know well like vinegar syndrome does it usually for any most of the releases like you always got like the option of here you get the limited edition slipcover and then just a standard version if you want to save a few bucks right most people want to get that slipcover though because like they're really nice slipcovers. Oh, they're so nice. So they're like nice. all of them are like full art spreads. All of them, I should say that. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Like Blades has that full art spread. Even. <laughs> oh yeah, Jaws, but with lawnmowers. Yeah, literally Jaws with lawnmower. For the record, it's point for point the plot of Jaws, but it's a lawnmower. I know. We'll get to it someday. <laughs> uh, then they're on the second disc. It has everything from the, from the 4K disc plus the trailer 
And then the second Blu-ray disc is all the bonus features. Yeah. Uh, More Vegas than Vegas, an interview with director Paul Verhoeven. You got to gamble if you're going to win. Interview with screenwriter Joe... as it's, it's, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Joe, I wrote for Showgirls. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, well, he also did wrote for Basic Instinct and Sliver. Right. Other movies that I assume are uh, more uh, beloved. Notable. Yeah, notable. That, that's a better word, yeah. Uh, All That Glitters, filming Showgirls, interview with cinematographer Joss Vacano and performance lighting designer Peter Morse. The Rhythm of Chaos, interview with co-editors Mark Helfrich and Mark Goldblatt. Born mm. to Dance, interview with actress Renna Riffle, who is, and that would be, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who that is. Good question. Uh, she was in Mulholland Drive. Oh, but that's not Showgirls. Uh, free lap dancer of every large popcorn. The cult of showgirls. Interview of oh, Midnight Mass was... podcast hosts Peaches Christ and Michael Verratti. Okay, yeah, no, uh, Rena Riffle. She was Penny slash Hope. Um, okay, yeah, that's who that was. Sorry. Okay, uh, special behind the scenes featurette, a showgirls diary, and then the best bonus feature on here is the final one: lap dance tutorial featuring the world famous girls of scores. <laughs> Uh, and like there's also like an entire essay booklet like it's a it's a actual bound booklet too again for showgirls it's like there's like multiple s like two big essays on the movie there's like an essay on the movie and i think there's like an interview of some of the people who worked on the movie in here yeah i mean this is all fascinating stuff like this, like, of course I want to, I mean, if this was a gigantic failure, of course you want to know more about that. Like, you know, that's what I was saying in the Flash episode. Like, I want to know more about the Flash and how it became such a gigantic failure. So Showgirls was a gigantic failure back in the day. So, of course, you know, I want to find out as much as possible with this. They also got, like, the credits in the back of the book that just say about who all helped restoration. Like they said, release yeah. producers, Ryan Emerson, Joe Rubin, Ralph Stevens. Digital restoration performed. Path. Additional restoration from vinegar syndrome. Just just list who was involved in the making of this. Yeah, and that's important. Package and booklet design. Haunt Love. That's a base. That's a base name. <laughs> Package love. art director Justin La Liberty. Base name. <laughs> La Liberty. Liberty. Yeah. What a gamer. <laughs> what a gamer. And good job. You did the package art. Good job. Yeah. It's good artwork. It is very like, good artwork. It's both. It's just ass. Like it's a it's a woman with her top staring. Thing. Like you just see her backside, but yeah, it's a girl it's that nice she's art. showing. Yeah, yeah. and they, it's the same arc on the discs. So like in yeah. the middle of the discs, you just see a hole where the where the ass would be. They did that on purpose. They did that on purpose. <laughs> and like the actual hard case itself, which I should specify, like you, get, it's a nice big thing, and you get you get both the Blu-ray and the booklet there. Mm-hmm. And they always include that the little fabric strap in it to help you get them out, like you would like a fancy book. Yes, yeah, it's very cool. There's like there's a bunch of the posters that are in the movie on here, like oh, the yeah. main one that holds the thing in. It's that a private dance by James Smith poster. I was going to say Club yeah. Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say it's the exact poster from in the movie. So that's really cool. Yeah, and then you have like the posters off to the side that say like Goddess at the Stardust Casino starring Crystal Connors. Yeah, no. So it's like actual in-universe posters within the movies. That's really neat. 
there's a lot yeah there's a lot of love in here for this there's a lot of love again this movie has has a cult following to be fair yes that is very true even though we were saying like you know it was a gigantic failure back in the day as is tradition with gigantic failures it, they get a cult following. They get a cult following, you know. Whether and I can kind of see where where that comes from to yeah, a point. Exactly. Yes, I do too, to a point. <laughs> you know, but again, also this was the '90s where the VHS craze was insane. So, like, I don't think people wanted to go see Showgirls in a packed theater. I think they wanted to rent it on VHS and bring it to the privacy of their own home. Uh, I think I should also specify that this was this one has specifically the NC seventeen cut. Yeah. So I'm assuming there's an R rated cut too that was probably actually shown in theaters. I right. doubt they showed the NC seventeen version there. Yes. Now, which we get to talk about NC seventeen later with the next movie too because that is true. relevant. That is relevant. That is very relevant. But yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, trying to imagine this movie as anything but NC seventeen is uh, hilarious because it would probably be like what five minutes. <laughs> Like, like you'd have to cut around so much stuff. Yeah, and what counts? I'm sure it's like a, it's probably like a noticeable amount shorter because this is a this movie is like t- over two hours long. Yes, it is very long. So if which let's I mean, do you want want to get into like you know more specific things about the movie um, outside of the Blu-ray? You know, like what the actual... yeah, it, there's not much left to talk about with just the blu-ray itself we already exactly. said our piece yeah exactly it's a nice blu-ray it's very cool looking if you're gonna get showgirls that's the version to get Ex- exactly exactly you don't want to get like some crappy dvd or crappy blu-ray like or crappy vhs like you know you want the nice 4k show of showgirls because a lot of love went into that now the actual movie um I mean that's a whole other beast. So, <laughs> do um, do we want to just do our general thoughts first and then go deeper, or do you want to save that for the end? Uh, eh, we can go with general thoughts first, you know, and then like really go in deeper because like so this was your first time watching it, right? Yes, yeah. I've known about it from association just because of how infamous it is. Right, I have seen the poster. Mm-hmm. I've heard people talk about. It. I've seen people say terrible. I've seen people say amazing because you know you're always gonna get both Same. sides. And I watched it and like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, I was. I expect to be completely flabbergasted by this. No, it's yeah. just fine. Yeah, that's the thing with this movie. So I watched it once before, and I'm pretty sure it was because of Sardonicast. Like years and years and years ago, I watched it because they were going to talk about it on the podcast, and so then I watched it. And then listen to the episode. And so then when I watched it, I was like expecting like this. Well, so yeah, I was the same way. I was like, oh, I'm hearing people saying it's one of the worst things ever because it is that infamous thing. But then also people are saying, no, it's actually secretly brilliant. It's actually very, very cool. It's from the same director as Robocop. It can't be that bad. And then you go in and watch it and you're just like, huh, this is fine. You know, like fine at worst, I would say, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's like fine at worst, fine at best. It's it, it's a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I've mentioned this to you yesterday because we did talk a little bit about it then. Yes. Plot-wise, plot, plot this plot. is basically 
you know, like there's always those movies that like a starry eyed girl who wants to make it in showbiz. They go to New York for Broadway or they go to Hollywood to be a movie star. Exactly. And they're like big. They're always big dreamers. They want to make it big. Then they have to deal with the big seedy underbelly that tries to break their dreams. Exactly. It's that yeah. plot, except it's in Las Vegas. Yeah, which is and which means that she doesn't actually care about being a star. She just wants to be a showgirl. A, she wants to be a dancer in Vegas, yeah. which implies, okay, so she's going to be a stripper, got it. Right, exactly. Yeah, at least with something like taking place in L.A. and New York, like, you have Hollywood to look forward to. You have Broadway to look forward to. Like, you have these, like, yeah, they have the seedy underbelly, no shit. But, like, they're in that industry to then make it to, the, like, the non-seedy industry. And in those movies... It's the fact of the matter is the seedy underbelly is there as like the juxtaposition. Right. It's meant to be a surprise that like the glitz and glamour of Hollywood and Broadway. It's so beautiful, so great, but there's this big evil underneath it. Well, so yeah, like, exactly. That's the conflict. Exactly. Vegas is fucking Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, like they, they wear its sleeve. They Vegas wears its sleeves on its sleeve. Like yeah. Vegas is known to be like the big hotbed of like all the vices: drugs, sex, alcohol, gambling, everything. Yeah, like that's all known. There is no mask there. Exactly. You know what it is, so there is no juxtaposition. It just is what it is it's a fucking theme park of a city like you don't expect it to be real but like it, you go it's there a real like city. They, the one scene where like she goes to dinner of crystal you see like fake roman architecture at the one restaurant because it's vegas they have yeah. fake versions of everything exactly yeah no it's a fake city i refuse to believe it's real but it is real you know that's why i always found it kind of weird that the show csi takes place in las vegas and then like there's scenes in like real buildings and real houses and i'm just like i thought this it's was a tourist vegas. attraction yeah it, it's a tourist attraction but then you know there's like subsequent actual you know, city, city life. I mean, there's an infrastructure there because it's a fucking major city in America. So of course there has to be some sort of infrastructure, but because it's just so glitzy and glamorous and just everything about it is so, you know, sleazy. You're just like, how is this real? Like, it's like if Times Square was the entirety of New York city, you know, yeah, like, it's just weird to think about. Or if, like, Disney World was, like, an actual, like, city in the United States. Like, Well, Walt wanted it to be. Yeah, Walt wanted it to be. <laughs> he wanted to make an actual city. No, he definitely Thank did. Thank God he didn't. <laughs> Goddamn Star Wars hotels costing $5,000 a day. No thank you. Like, you have you wa like go watch the uh, Defunct Land video on Epcot. It'll yeah. tell you everything. Yeah, Holy definitely. shit. <laughs> Good thing uh, he's dead now. Yeah, good thing. <laughs> but it's like, there is no surprise when people are getting taken advantage of or when people betray people or, like, take advantage, like, act sleazy. Because, like, yeah, it's Vegas. You knew that was going to happen. Well, exactly. And that's the other thing. It's like, what exactly is the end game here? Like, like Nomi is this character, like, you know, the typical character of, like, oh, I'm here to be a star. It's like, okay, why Vegas? Like, why are you here? Like, you're just being a stripper. And then it's like, and, and there's that scene where, like, um, she meets James. I forget, like, which scene she's with James, where, like, James is, like, saying, like, you know, at least at the Cheetah, the strip club that she's currently working at, where she's showing her tits and her ass, it's like, that's honest. Whereas, like, if she's going, her dream is to then play at the Stardust. But, like, 
that's also where she's showing her tits and ass. But like it, she's putting on like a more of a show with that. And he's like, at least with the cheetah, that's honest. And it's like, oh, true. Again, why then? Like, that's a good point. Why are you here if you're just like not really moving up in any sort of industry? Like you're just doing the same thing, except more like, yeah, like he said, they're tr- they're lying to themselves like in with the Stardust show where it's like, you know, we're trying to pretend it's not what it is, you know? I guess like cuz like we see the, the movie starts with her like she's in like I think like Colorado or something cuz there's snow everywhere so I'm just assuming it's Colorado something like that yeah and like she is hitchhiking she only has a suitcase to her name no money mm-hmm. so it's like you literally have nowhere to go and we get hints throughout the movie that like her family just does not exist anymore her mom is in like prison or something everyone else is dead and she's already been like a hooker for years at this point right so she has nowhere to go anyway mhm so it's like, this is like the only thing I can do. So I might as well go to Vegas to get some kind of money. I suppose, yeah, in that regard, sure, I can see that. But again, she's still like shocked that like the like the like the Stardust is so sleazy. I don't know. Or maybe like I get the feeling that the movie wants the audience, us as the audience, to be shocked that like the Stardust is just as sleazy than like, you know, your typical strip club. It's like, yeah. But again, it's Vegas. Like, yeah, I'm like not I'm, at all I didn't surprised. get any of that. I don't know. I maybe... I kind of just took ever like so much of this movie. I kind of just took at face value. Sure. It just to quote like even know me like eventually James, like it is what it is. Shit happens. Yeah. No. You know what? I think the thing that I'm getting is because because it's directed by Paul Verhoeven. I'm expecting some sort of social satire here because. The dude made RoboCop, which is one of the greatest social satires of all time. So, like, I guess maybe that's me putting my biases because I'm familiar with the director's other work. In which case, I'm disappointed because that's not what the movie's about. Where if there's any satire, it's just the fact like it is like one of those like New York Hollywood type of movies, but it's about Vegas. Like that feels like if there's any satire, it just is that literal fact that. Uh, it is what it is. Sure. In that case, I can kind of see that working, but it doesn't have that. Um, well, it doesn't have any of that. Like, it doesn't have like an angle like you were saying. It just is that. Yeah. Like the only time I really ever get like any sort of like, oh, this is like actually really fucked up or like that really bad was like towards the end when like her friend, I think her name, friend Molly. the Yeah, Molly. The girl she- when she finally meets like the celebrity that she loves, he yeah. immediately takes advantage of her. Yes, and like tell us what I mean by takes advantage of. I'm not gonna say the word outright, but you know what I mean. Just, and yeah. that's the only uh, time I ever get that. Like, okay, yeah, that's fucked up. But yeah. then again, also that kind of scene also just kind of happens in those other movies too. Right. And again, like and. I do like, though, that uh, the way Nomi responds to that is to go to that guy's house and just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Exactly. And then no, no repercussions. Just, I'm just going to beat the shit out of that guy. Yeah, you're just going to beat the shit out of that guy. And then, oh, well, because like, that's like the end where like she, that's literally like the end of the movie. She's like yeah. just walks away from the whole town and is just like, I'm done. I'm gone. And she moves on. I will on say to- I do like that ending stinger, though. Like, oh, she's at, at the beginning of the movie. She hitchhikes with this guy named Jeff in a truck. Yeah. who then steals her suitcase at, at when they finally get to Vegas, and we don't see him again at all. 
until the very end of the movie when Nomi is now hitchhiking again to leave Vegas, and she just so happens to get on the same truck. To get on the same truck. Yeah, no, that's very clever. I like that, you know, Jeff kind of bookends the movie in that sort of way. Um, Pulls out the knife. Give him my fucking suitcase. Yeah, he's like, okay, we'll get your suitcase. It's like, are you just saying that, or do you actually have her suitcase still? Like, <laughs> Probably stashed somewhere. Stashed somewhere, that's true, yeah. I will say, like, the movie also ends with, like, you see, like, the billboard for la la so i don't know if like the hint is she's going there next or if it's just whatever i i mean because like the movie has the twist reveal um where like uh kyle mclaughlin's character uh you called him bully mcguire he because he looks like bully mcguire (laughs) he does he does yeah no i'm i'm pissed at myself for not coming up with that um with that (laughs) that comparison sooner but like yeah so he was like they like find out who she really is she's like this girl named polly and her mother died see you later pollyanna (laughs) polly i just got that i'm such a dumbass (laughs) do you think that was intent that has to be intense well pollyanna is also just like a a general word itself right but then I don't think like, that was technically intentional, but like it fits. Yeah, I guess. Like, is it supposed to be like a pseudo like foreshadowing? I guess I don't know. Maybe that guy had no way to know that though. I know, but I'm saying is that like for he's a us, prick, but he's not a genius, right? He's the he's the best prick. But like I'm saying, like he is that like foreshadowing for us, the audience, more so than like actual in universe characters. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure it's just a coincidence. It's just funny. Okay, yeah, it is funny. But anyway, yeah. So there's he, a lot of funny lines in this movie. I don't oh know if they're God. intentionally funny or not. I can't tell. Man, everybody got AIDS and shit. Yeah, no, there's this so many lines. Yeah, I'm just... gonna, I'll, we'll say them later. That way, you yeah. typed in the chat yesterday, but we'll get to that. Exactly. But anyway, my point being that, like, yes, um, Zach, the character Zach, Bully McGuire, he finds out about her history, how she's like a girl named Polly. Her dad killed her mother and then killed himself, and like she ran away from the foster home, and like she has like this criminal record. Um, and, and there's just... like hints to it throughout the movie because like she never gives like a straight answer of where she's from. Different yeah. places, <laughs> different places. She never. She gives them the wrong social security number. She's like, "What's her social? I don't know. I'll get back to you on that one." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. We hear yeah. her say she's from New York at one point. We never really get like a straight answer. So like, there's hints that she is not being honest about who she is. Exactly. Yeah. So. Which is interesting. Like, they ask her, have you ever been arrested before? And she says no. When we know for a fact she has, so we see it happen at one point in the movie. When she yeah. goes to that one strip club at the beginning, she does get arrested. Yeah, and then she that's how she meets James. And then James is the one who, like, bails her out. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's just... I, I can kind of see what the movie's going for then, but at the same time... It it does also feel like it like like you like you've been saying it is just what it's presenting. Yeah, like it it's just, feels like it's all surface level. Surface which, level. Which to be fair, series. for Vegas is completely correct. Yeah, so maybe nothing that's the in the point. movie is wrong. Like it's all correct. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Like people call this like one of the worst things ever, and it did. Like, ruin, I'm gonna be like, honest. Like I feel like. A lot of that negative assumption at the time, it, it, I think it's just because they were prudes. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. It was probably that. just because, like, uh, tits everywhere. Uh, get it away. Ill. Yeah. Conservative values of the 90s. Mm. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can totally buy that. Um, 
Whereas like, I mean, I mean, you look at it from our perspective now, it's like, yeah, like this isn't anything we haven't seen before. I think it's for the stuff I've seen. I think it's pretty standard, honestly. I mean, it is up there. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's not like Ted Puddle, Ted Puddle, Ted Puddle. Not yet, Minion. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) One day, Faust will have its day. You should do the double the episode about both Faust and Little Italy. Ooh. Oh, that's in the future. We got We're talking about showgirls, William. Stop giving me ideas. There's probably an Italy in Vegas somewhere. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, there's the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? Uh, Nomi's Italian, apparently. We well, yeah. think maybe well, she lied. Well, I mean, her name is Nomi. And one of her one of her big lines throughout the movie is whenever she's talking to James, she's like, "You don't know me," so I'm pretty sure that was intentional, you know. Like, but also, I mean, because like, know me is that even a real name? Oh fucking no, probably not. I don't know, but it's just fun to say. It sounds like a stripper name, to be honest. Know me Malone, yeah, which is correct. Yeah, again, the 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 movie we're dealing with here, correct. Okay, so like general plot, she arrives in Vegas after hitchhiking. She what was the reason she went to that casino again? Uh, cause oh, cause Jeff's uncle owns it. All right, so he, he I guess he tells her to go there. Yeah, and then he makes off, makes off with the car and steals a suitcase. So she's just stranded there. She's just stranded. One thing and- I can give the movie credit for is that we actually do get like a legitimate flow of time to how long the movie is taking place. Because like when she goes to that diner first with Molly. Because she meets Molly by banging on her truck because she's having a meltdown. Yeah. And we go to the diner and we see kids in Halloween costumes doing the trick-or-treat songs. Like, okay, we know it's Halloween when this is taking place now. And later on, the offices, after she's doing her thing for a while, we see Christmas trees and decorations up. Yeah, that's clever details. Like, I didn't even notice the Halloween, but I did notice the Christmas decorations. So, like... Technically, this movie's a Christmas movie. Hey, look at that. Um, but yeah, no, like, that is Do your double clever. feature of Gremlins and Showgirls. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, to go back to, like, yeah, how she first meets Molly, like, she's having a mental breakdown on her car, and Molly's just like, hey, what's up? Let me take you out That's to dinner. That's my car. That's my car. Let me take you out to dinner. Let's be friends for six weeks. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, like, you know, like, okay, this girl probably just showed up in town now, and she's already fucked because of Vegas. Right. I'll have some mercy on you. Okay, yeah, you have literally nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. I'll help. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's fine and all, but it's like, how many other people have done this? Like, you know, like, it just seems kind of weird that, like, Nomi is the one she picks out like i highly doubt like considering vegas you know people all the time are getting screwed out of all their money i don't know true but it's not every day someone bangs on your truck specifically yeah but i i don't know it just seems very it's a movie it is yeah no i it is totally for the plot i get it i'm just being a nitpicky asshole but you know Again, if she didn't, like, there would be no movie. Like, Nomi would just move on, and it's like, okay, that, there was no point to this then. She would be in a gutter somewhere if Needle stuck up her arms. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's probably other characters in this movie who deserve to have Needle stuck up with her arms in an alley. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> that Yeah, the celebrity dude. Yeah, the celebrity dude. Which, like... To be fair, they don't really build him up that much either, because like we see the poster in like their home the whole time, yes, and like they yeah. mention him a couple times. 
you think they would have played him up more like in the background yeah. to hype up and coming and then it'd be more surprising when yes. he uh when it turns out him and his crew are complete uh creep assholes. Yeah, exactly. Like it's that it's the classic never meet your heroes thing, but like yeah. it does feel kind of last minute in that sense. Like I mean, granted, I'm sure that was the plan the whole time. Like that's why they had the scenes of her being like, "Oh, I'm so excited to see Andrew Carver." It's just like, mhm. Like, I will say, like, there's, like, a hint, because, like, I'm looking at, like, the write-up on you. It does say, like, uh, new production-approved Calgary Master and featuring a consummate selection of interviews and archival materials, which at least tells the crazy story of its production. So I'm assuming that there was probably some behind-the-scenes issues going on with this movie. I mean, I can totally buy that 100% after yeah. seeing the final Remember, product. everybody, making movies kind of sucks yeah and especially making showgirls <laughs> like oh imagine being elizabeth berkeley and you go imagine being half the women in this movie and just not having being able to wear clothing for like 12 hours a day exactly especially elizabeth berkeley who's like was known for like saved by the bell at the time like a very like kind of mainstream show and then she's in Showgirls where she's just completely naked. Like, no, like, not even just, like, like, at least with Kyle MacLachlan, they just show him, like, they just show him from behind with his ass. Like, they don't even show his dick. But, like, you know, with her, they show everything. It's like, Jesus. We saw the Bully Maguire guy come. <laughs> Twice! Yeah. At least! And at only least. one of those times was when he was actually having sex. <laughs> I know the first lap dance is I forgot about the first lap dance, but like watching it this time, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is insanity. <laughs> I mean, it's a real lap dance. It is a real lap dance. Like you're moving a movie in Vegas at a strip club. You're doing a lap dance. Yeah. Do you think they teach that in the lap dance tutorial? <laughs> Maybe like <laughs> because, OK, not for nothing. The choreography in the movie, it's very well done. Oh, incredibly so. Yeah, that's the thing. The set design in this movie it, and the costuming, it's yeah. fantastic. Like, like it's, the the yeah. actual shows they do, like the volcano one, the one with the yeah. motorcycles, like yeah. they look great. Like those look like actual shows you would see in Vegas. Production yeah. value is there. Yeah. Like, dude, I'd watch a fucking motorcycle strip show. Maybe. Me too. Maybe. Yeah, no, I agree. There's just there's so much like yeah, there's so much spectacle um and to this movie that like yeah, it looks great. And it especially looks great because it's the 4K transfer. Again though, like I just want you to know we both just admitted that we would go to strip shows if they had motorcycles and dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Wink wink Kenton. <laughs> there is now audio of us saying this on the internet. Oops. <sighs> continue. Yeah, continue. Oh, should I? <laughs> Well, you may you can try to continue. I think Boy McGuire is finished, though. Oh. <laughs> oh, but that's the thing with this movie is like it's trying to deal with a very serious story, but also it is very funny. Um, mostly do you wanna, unintentionally. Do you want to read some of those lines a while? Uh, yeah, I don't even remember what I said. They're like so uh, the far first up one the you called was the different places. Well, which that's is like saying where she's from. That's like the classic line of the movie is like you know her just being like different places. Like that is classic. 
Um, uh, there's the scene in like when the first strip club where like after she kicks James in the balls, there's like the one guy goes, "You be cool, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you be cool, buddy, buddy. Yeah, yeah. man, then, everybody got A's and shit. Yeah, that's because that's what he like talk, talks to her about like her strip, t- her like uh, lap dance to Bully McGuire, and she's he's just like, man, everybody got A's and shit. He's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> see ya, Paul. See ya, Pollyanna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's like the scene where like she's doing the first dance with James. And he's, like, trying to feel her up, and she says, like, it's my period. Yeah, and he's like, it's all right, he... I got towels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for the hamburger. <laughs> That's right. She's only eating, like, hamburgers and chips and just, like, this junk food, and she still looks that thin. It's like, God damn it. It's, this is such a movie. He's got a problem with pussy. <laughs> He does. Oh yeah, and then it's like Versace. She said, "What does she say, Versace?" I I don't remember. Finest cocaine in the world, darling. You want some? <laughs> she dances like a truck. Yeah, give me a beer, yeah, bitch. Give me a bitch, <laughs> bitch. Like the most most pathetic bitch. Yeah, you've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. Well, that ties into just James as a character. I just find him fascinatingly weak. How like I like your songs. Thanks. I like your ass. Call me. <laughs> yeah, no, but like he's just because like you get the feeling that he's supposed to be like real, quote unquote, in this fake town. Because like, you know, I mean, like we were saying earlier with like the poster being in the DVD uh, DVD being in like the Blu-ray box, how it says like a private dance by James Smith. Like that's his show. And like, you know, he tries to. uh amp himself up as like this artist like you know oh no me i'm not interested in you for sex i'm interested in you for my art but also sex it's just like okay you're just as fake as everybody else yeah like like, the whole reason like they're stopping the show afterwards well one because people didn't like it apparently but the main reason is because the girl that he was with uh, he knocked her up so now like they're not gonna be able to do it soon anyway yeah exactly. so now they have to like leave that line of work entirely now because they're gonna be parents Right. It's like, I'm just gonna get a job at a grocery store. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just, it's just, I get what they're going for, but again, I don't buy any of it. Is the thing. Yeah. So. Well, to be fair, you don't buy anything in Vegas anyway. You gamble. It, you, that's true. <laughs> we do what we always do in Vegas. We gamble. <laughs> oh, Lordy. it's like again, like all the depictions here. No, yeah, this is correct. It's Vegas. Exactly. This is correct. Yeah, no, it's 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 unapologetically sleazy. That is the best way to describe showgirls, is just unapologetic in its sleaziness. Like And like maybe we're missing something here under the layers, but like it really just feels like it's all surface that the movie isn't really saying anything. It's just sure. an experience. Yeah. Well and I mean there's nothing inherently wrong with just that. It's just yeah. that you're not going to get anything deeper out of it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't hate it. Like I, yeah, like I'm getting really hate. The, yeah, no, it's very true. But like, what you know, the, hate I mean, there's people who would claim this as like the surprise secret hit, like the secret like smart movie, and it's like I don't get that from this movie. Like, at like, all. Maybe in, like, the commentary tracks, people, like, point out what we're missing, or, like, in that essay booklet. So I haven't really dug into that much yet. Sure. Like, if I ever watch this again, I would watch it with the audio, the commentary track to see what I miss and, like, look at the bonus features. I'm sure the lap dance tutorial will be very enlightening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
so again like can we talk like you were saying like people saying like this big secret thing like go on the tube go into the art house section showgirls is on there yeah so i don't know which cut of the movie i can't imagine it's the nc-17 version no maybe i don't know and but i can't like, imagine it's the r-rated there. version either like <laughs> for sure like yeah no i again it's unapologetically sleazy. I is there a PG version of Showgirls? Uh, it would be like one second long. <laughs> What's the G-rated cut of Showgirls? It it's a black hole of nothingness. <laughs> oh, so her vagina. Oh, who'd want to see her snatch anyway? I certainly wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already seen it because I've seen Showgirls twice now. <laughs> So I like the uh, mama character. She's like the one at the one strip club who's like the big girl. Yeah, the big. And yeah. like everyone loves her because she's funny, and she yeah. has like that fake top that like blows open. Yeah, and she just is always like cracking jokes. It's awesome. Like she's she's, she's a, a fun character. She's, she's only a fun like two character. scenes though. Yeah, like two, maybe three scenes if you want to be technical. She's not. Yeah, she doesn't show up that often. That's the thing with this movie is like you have characters show up. But like not very often. Like yeah, they just kind of, like James would just be out of the movie for like a good half hour sometimes. I yes, I think so. And because this movie's two hours long, like you definitely notice. So that that's just it's just such an anomaly. This movie. There's just, like, what are you here for? I'm here to watch you be a prick. Yeah. Which is honestly that's why you're watching the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. the thesis statement. Yeah, it's the thesis statement, <laughs> more or less. Oh, please. What what else is there even to talk about? Like, you know, it's showgirls. It's showgirls for crying out loud. Like, I is this one of the worst movies ever? No, it's no. not. It just no. is a movie. Like, I gave it three stars. Cause, like, I don't really feel like it's doing anything all that wrong. It's not doing anything amazing either. It just kind of is. Yeah. I. It's like it, it kills two hours. Yeah. Honestly, There's tits in it. If you like tits, I do. So we have the internet now, so you don't need that, but like it's yeah. there. Yeah, at least you get like a narrative with it, at least. Yeah. Um yeah, no. The I, actors are doing a mostly good job. Yeah. I you know what? Even though I don't think Elizabeth Berkeley is a very good actress, she's not. I think Nomi Malone has like very much Hayden Christensen syndrome where like but like I get the feeling that like she's trying, as I do with Hayden Christensen. I feel like they're trying. They're just not given a whole lot to deal with. So, like, the performance isn't that great. Um, but... In the, in the lines. Give me a beer, bitch. Give me a beer, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. People are trying. I, 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 there's effort put into this movie. So yeah, that's like, why... and you can see that. Like, again, like, the choreography and the set design. Yeah, the choreography choreographed by the character of Gay. You know, when they first said her name, I thought that was just me mishearing her. Like, oh, her name is a K, or you like the guy saying, okay, time to ter- start up the choreography. Yeah. Like, that's why I thought it was. And he said, no, her name's just gay. Her name's oh. just gay. <laughs> cool. Based. <laughs> that's the thing with this movie. It's just the gift that keeps on giving, because you just, you, you realize little things upon rewatch, for sure. Uh, it's like, I can just imagine that they should have had a scene where she introduces herself so that every June we just go on Twitter and we see the introduction of, hi, I'm gay. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been That would have been so good. So good. Missed opportunity, Paul. You you couldn't foresee the meme culture we have nowadays, could you? Well, who, so like the writer of this movie, like who wrote RoboCop? 
Uh oh, good question. Who did write? Because like we're talking about like Stuart Gordon and like his stuff, but like the writer would also matter immensely for that. Yeah. So the guy, so the guys who wrote RoboCop did not write Showgirls. Um, obviously, <laughs> one of the guys wrote Starship Troopers and its subsequent okay. sequels, which that's that's satirical. Yeah, and then the the other guy, uh, he wrote RoboCop and then also. Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Uh, Joe Vacano, who did, like, the photography of the movie, also did Starship Troopers. Right, okay, so... It's people... So there's, there's multiple Starship Troopers alums in this movie, is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas I feel like, you know, Paul definitely works better, I guess, in, like, I would assume the sci-fi social satire. Yeah, was this a director for hire gig, is what I'm, I guess, what I'm saying? Probably, because, again, when you think Paul Verhoeven, you think RoboCop, you think Total Recall, you think Starship Troopers. Like, even going, like, and... No, 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 yeah, I got lost in the, I got lost, confused with people again, never mind. Okay, well, but like, I don't know, those are like his most famous stuff. Again, I have not seen Total Recall or Starship Troopers, so I can't really say. I have seen RoboCop, like that's why I keep going back to RoboCop, because that's the movie I'm most familiar with from his filmography. I mean, RoboCop and Showgirls, like those are the movies I'm most familiar with him uh, directing. How do you feel knowing that I actually still haven't watched RoboCop, so this is the only Paul Verhoeven movie I've seen? So this is your own... You know what? Just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the funniest thing, is if you just left it at that. I want to get the Arrow 4K of RoboCop at some point. I do too. I own the trilogy on like a crappy DVD because it's... I have a shitty DVD I got at like a grocery store ages ago. Yeah. Oh god, I can't wait to do the RoboCop episode. I seriously need to because that that is that is a, that is a DVD I need to do an episode on. But just that, do an episode on the donut scene from the third movie. I, you know, I want to. That is that's the reason why I want to do it is because I want to talk about the donut scene. I want to gush about the donut shop scene, but I I can't. I don't want to spoil it. I want to save that for its own episode. So, as for this episode. What else do we have to say about Showgirls? Anything? I mean, there's probably something you think of while we're talking about the other movie that'll be relevant. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess we can get into that now. And the next movie is one that we were supposed to talk about ages ago on my channel, but then I never edited the video together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you probably see in the thumbnail, keeping in the theme of the triple X rate, the triple X theming here, uh, Fritz the Cat. Fritz the Cat. Yeah, let's just get into Fritz the Cat. I think we've said enough about Showgirls. I think we both agree we, we're we going to keep this 4K because we're kind of stuck with it now. Um, I mean, like, there's so much in here. Like, I wouldn't want to get rid of that. No, of course. It goes. Course. It looks great next to my copies of Six String Samurai and New York Ninja. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, Fritz the Cat. Yes, as you said a while ago, we wanted to talk about Fritz the Cat on something that we were going to do together. We and then I just never it. edited it because I'm lazy. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the other th- we were going to do with that is Labyrinth. And, well, we already talked about Labyrinth. Well, that's the entire but... reason why we did that episode in the first place. Yeah, that's why I brought you on. But it's funny because when we talked about Labyrinth, I talked about how, like, I have that um, interesting uh, Blu-ray double feature with Dark Crystal, how it, like, looks like a VHS case. The reason I have that is because... When because that's because I wanted to own Labyrinth around the time we were talking about it, and that's what I got. 
And now we're talking about Fritz the Cat on this Blu-ray from Kino, Kino Lorber. Again, I got this because of our discussion on Fritz the Cat that never came to fruition. So, and you got Showgirls for this, so that both of these are my fault. Both of the, All three of those things are your fault. But <laughs> Well, okay, you would have bought Labyrinth and Dark Crystal anyway. Exactly. No, and you know that what? That was I, a foregone conclusion. No, and I would have bought Fritz the Cat um, without doing this thing. Like, I would have put, bought it on my own fruition as well. I would not have bought uh, Showgirls by myself, but hey, I'm stuck with it now, so... But yeah, like I when we did when we said we were gonna do showgirls, I thought, okay, we do need to pair this with a second movie. What would make sense to pair this with? Because knowing showgirls, okay, this is raunchy and sleazy. We need something equally raunchy and sleazy. Hey, Fritz the cat. Hey, Fritz the cat. Yeah, no, I think this was um, the best choice that we could have. Uh, uh, is this dealt the with. first Bakshi movie on the podcast? Yes, it is actually. Yeah, because I have not talked about wizards yet, and we'll get yeah. there eventually. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, definitely. We'll get to when they killed Fritz. Um, I'm glad you changed your name, you son of a bitch. <laughs> such a good movie. But we're talking about Fritz, uh, where they did not kill Fritz, even though he blew up at the end. <laughs> it's okay. Robert Crumb killed Fritz after the movie. Yeah, he did. Did he? I... Uh, after the movie, uh, Robert Crumb famously did not like the movie at all, and mm. in a fit of rage, he drew the final Fritz the Cat comic ever after it, where Fritz just fucking dies. That's funny. And that's the end of the comic strip. That's so funny. Which, I, I'm pretty sure that's why the They Killed Fritz line comes from, like, he literally killed Fritz. Right. Yeah, so it's like a Stephen King Shining situation. Um, There's also the fact that the movie has a sequel, The Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat, where like the plot is, well, it's the nine lives. Yeah. So like, Fritz also dies a lot in that. Yeah, dude, Fritz dies a lot in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Fritz the Cat. William, uh, start things off. What did what did you All think right. of Fritz the Cat? Well, I mean, you got, we can also get into like the background, too, because like, I think this is the movie that people will be more familiar with here. Yeah. Especially like animation-wise, because this movie's reputation precedes it. Yes. The very first uh, famously, X-rated cartoon. Yeah. The first X-rated animated film, which I guess we can talk about what is the X rating because it does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, back when the MPAA was first founded in 1968, good God, this movie is only like two or three years older than the MPAA. When the MPAA first got made, it was like they had the set of ratings. It was the G rating, PG, and R, and then they had the X rating for the adult things. Mm-hmm. So, like, anything, like, super adult was hit with the X rating right. and would normally not be shown in a traditional theater because most of it was going to be porn. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, super ultra-violent. Right, Which, right. we say super ultra-violent. Nowadays, things that get an R rating would totally get an X rating back then. Yeah, yeah. They probably because they were just get... prudes back then. Yeah, they were like, super prudes. We'll talk about that again during the Friday the 13th episode because, good God, it's noticeable at times when the MPA went ham on them. Right, right. Like, the right. seventh movie especially, like, people talk about that's the one that had it the worst with the MPAA cuts. That's so funny. But yeah, like, uh, so anything that was super big and raunchy got that. Fritz the Cat was famously the first X-rated animated film. And... The reason you don't see X rating anymore, uh, for whatever reason, all the MPAA ratings have copyrights on them. Um, for the reasons of that, you have to actually go through the MPAA to get them. Except right. the X rating, for some reason, was never copyrighted. So what ended up happening is after the success of Fritz the Cat, we'll get into that later, but Fritz the Cat was a success. 
uh, a lot of other copycats in other movies wanted in on it. So they, but they didn't actually want to have to go for the effort of having to submit the movie to the MPAA because I'm pretty sure that costs money to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what did they eventually ended up actually doing since it wasn't copyrighted? They would just lie. <laughs> they would just say it's X-rated without actually getting an X rating, and they would use that X as a marketing strategy. Like they're marketing, like the movie The Man doesn't want you to see Mother Goose fucks X-rated, Down and Dirty Duck X-rated. Yeah, Be- which which is funny because maybe the man doesn't even know it exists. Because you didn't actually submit it to the MPAA. Yeah, so the man has no idea. You just lied. (laughs) So eventually, because of that, the MPAA retired the X rating and made the new official rating NC-17, which Mm -hmm. is copyrighted. Right, right. It's just a new X rating. And you still never really see it because, again, no theater is going to actually show it. Right. The only major movie in recent times that we know even got it was Blonde on Netflix. And there it doesn't even matter because it's on Netflix. Right. You're watching it in the privacy of your own home. So, like... Yeah. And even now, like, what movies do typically do nowadays instead of that is if they know that a movie is going to get hit with an NC-17, what they'll do is they'll they'll put a pin in that version of the movie, make an R-rated cut to release in theaters... And then when the Blu-ray and digital version comes out, put both of them on the same disc and just have the one be the unrated cut. Right, right. And that's usually going to be the version you watch anyway at that point going forward. Exactly, because like, why would you want to watch a movie that's limited? Why? Like, yeah, why would you watch the censored version? Right, you're you're not getting the full experience that uh, unless like the unrated version has like serious pacing issues or something that right. made the other cut better, but that's rare. Very rare. Because yeah. usually it's just gonna they're gonna sense out some gore or something or whatever. Right. It's aren't movies magical? <laughs> Fun fact: We're recording this on July thirteenth. Yeah. Today is the day that SAG announced they're also going on strike along with the WGA. Yeah. <laughs> movies are fun. Uh... How about that Bob Iger quote? A Bob Iger quote. Oh, the demands are unreasonable. Why are they unreasonable? I can't tell you that. Yeah. I wonder why, Bob. I wonder why. Dude, just trust me. <laughs> this is why I will always shit talk Disney whenever possible and why I want my letterbox followers to watch other things and click Same. on the other reviews. I am yeah. do- doing this to recommend these to you and writing these reviews. Yeah. Fucking click on them. I'm going yeah. to watch Princess Kaguya and give it a one-star rating just to fuck with you guys to get you to watch other things. I, I doubt it's even going to be... I'm sure it's going to be amazing, but I'm going to do it anyway because fuck you guys. Watch other things. Exactly. No. Preach, brother. Preach. I am so 100% Yeah, watch other this. things like Fritz the Cat and Sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Fritz the Cat, Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. You know more about Bakshi than I do, probably. You talk about him for a little bit. Eh, vaguely enough. I know that, like, yes, he was. he's a guy who's um, very famous for, you know, kind of 
being a trailblazer for adult animated films being like you know cartoons don't necessarily need to just be for children like they can be for... which they weren't originally right exactly Looney like, Tunes were made for adults they were shown in front of uh, like Casablanca and shit yeah I just found out that the Dover Boys was like a cartoon that played before Casablanca because like on the Casablanca 4k apparently the Dover Boys is included in that like that's really cool um so yeah like it's just the uh association with cartoons because mostly children enjoy them i suppose like there's that association with cartoons equaling for children but it's like no well that happened entirely because one disney and two when the jump to tv happened with hanna barbera everything right. was more censored and strict with the guidelines exactly. they were using it to advertise product and it was the jump to TV that solidified that Saturday mornings and everything. Right, exactly. That so, was when cartoons were being marketed explicitly to kids. Right. So Bakshi is definitely, you know, one of the OG guys who's just like, no, like, it can be for, not, not even just for anybody, like, mainly, it can be for adults, mainly. And so, like, that's why, like, some of, like, a lot of his movies are so raunchy. So much so that, like, the movie he advertised as his quote-unquote family adventure was Wizards. Wizards. <laughs> and Which... uh, that movie, uh, there is, uh, yeah, that's the one where, like, there's blood everywhere, and, like, the main villain's plan is to show literally, like, literally, actually, just show old archival footage or World War, they, they show fucking Triumph of the Will, yeah. that's the villain's plan, they show them that to their army to hype them up and make them super strong literally just turn them into fantasy future nazis fantasy future nazis there's fucking fairy prostitutes in the movie like yeah uh the like uh, what was her eleanor uh eleanor just look at her just google eleanor wizards yeah and you'll know exactly what we're talking about (laughs) why don't you just sit there for a couple minutes a couple (laughs) hours while i rest okay yeah (laughs) Fantastic, a, fantastic moment. A family picture. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically... I'm glad you changed your name, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Rated PG. First, hey, the first speaking role for Mark Hamill in a movie. That's Came true. Came out before Star Wars. Well, that's why I found out about Wizards, was because it was the very first Mark Hamill movie <laughs> before Star Wars. But, yeah. And he just has a bit part. He just has a bit part. Yeah, you, you, I was very shocked when I found out about that. Um, but I didn't find out about that until I was watching the fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, also, okay, his the Wizards is a family, but like, if anything, that's more fan appropriate. Probably like his animated Hobbit's probably the most family oriented thing he's done. Probably, probably because he did the Hobbit and like two Lord of the Rings movies, right? He at least did the Lord of the Rings. I don't know about the Hobbit. I'll have to get back to. I'm you pretty on sure that. he did the Hobbit too. Maybe I. I would not. I'm not denying that i'm not neither confirming nor denying that yeah i don't know but yeah in a nutshell ralph bakshi super raunchy guy he he loves his raunch he loves his edginess he made fritz the cat the very first x-rated animated film and And like you definitely with that that. because in the thing with it is like you very much cannot talk about this movie without the context of the time it was made it was made in the early 70s and it's supposed to be a movie about the 60s so yes yes Yes. like it's like the tail end of the 60s yes which if you know about anything about history of the 60s 
the sixties, especially towards the end, there was extremely turbulent. That was like the big part. That was a civil rights movement. Yep. The free love movement, everything, uh, MLK, JFK's death. Vietnam is just starting. Yeah, Vietnam's starting. Like, yeah, like there's a bunch of shit going on in the late sixties. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just jungle book. It was like a lot of things are happening at the time. So yeah, it was a very turbulent time. So, of course... And, like, all this stuff that he was doing, like, was never seen in anime film before at all. Like, mm-hmm. nowadays, this is, like, like done all the time. So, it's not special at all. But when it was released, this was, for better or for worse, groundbreaking. And yes. you cannot talk about this movie honestly without the context of when it was made because you are doing it a disservice otherwise yeah well it's funny that you say that like yeah like nowadays it's not surprising to see a cartoon character say the fuck word but and i I, have a point to make about that later right yeah i but i still feel like even though this movie was the first of its kind i still think it's very special in that regard because like even though we do see this constantly of cartoons swearing and making sex jokes and stuff like that and being, you know, politically and socially aware, I still feel like this one is a lot more special because, and not even just because it was the first, but because it does so in a unique and interesting way. Whereas I feel like just because a movie or show does it now does not automatically uh, mean that it is going to get the same effect as Fritz the Cat like you said, for better or for worse, because I'm not saying Fritz the Cat does it exceptionally well. Um, but that's also why I sort of kind of like it, is because it's so faulty in what it's trying to do. Yeah, and because that was like, at the time when it was made, like, just doing this at all, like, that soon after these things happened must have been, like, revolutionary. Because mm-hmm. no one was talking about these things in an animated film at all back then. And it, like, that's, like, the, the wild, te- bad thing, with the wild, crazy thing with the movie, is that at the point when this was made, this was extremely progressive. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it comes off a tone-deaf and kind of racist at times. Yeah. That's where you really start to see Bakshi as, like, okay, I know he's what he's trying to do, but yes, at the end of the day, at the time it came out, yeah, and that's what I'm also getting out with. Like, you do need to look at this in the context it was made, because exactly. otherwise, it's has not aged well in a lot of ways. Exactly. You know, no, it is like when we say it's raunchy, it is raunchy, like unapologetically. Just like how Showgirls is unapologetically sleazy, this is unapologetically raunchy. And again, like you said, for better or for worse, like it's. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, well, for for one, there's uh, a bunch of characters who are supposed to represent the African-American uh, minority. And they're, and they're portray- depicted as crows. They're depicted as crows. Now, Which, nowadays, that is viewed as the same level of like depicting them as gorillas or apes, monkeys, which is horribly racist to do. Horribly racist to do, exactly. But back then, like... And like I'm pretty sure, like the intent was that it was like going after Disney because th- right. Disney did oh, that back exactly. then. Because the entire exactly. reason they did it for Disney was like it was like a Jim Crow thing, right? It was, it was a Jim, yeah, it was a Jim Crow uh, pun when they did it so in like, Dumbo. You so did I, that, so they did it because that's what Disney did. But here's like here's how people actually act, yeah. And like we're trying to like do something with it, and I think and that's like, the point. I 
I yeah. truly believe that Ralph is doing it to make a point. Like he's because like they genuinely did like, like actual black actors back then, which like that's exactly. again that's soon after the effect. I don't think that happened very often. Right. I exactly. don't think so. I don't know the actual truth of that. We cannot speak with authority on this at all for the most part. Exactly. But like I'm pretty. I feel like that just didn't happen that often back then. No. So like back then that must have been great to see. Of course nowadays that's like. Like that would just be like brownie points, if anything. That's all it would be. Exactly. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't mean anything today. But like back then, yes. Yeah. No. I like. I'm pretty sure. Like at least like half the cast is probably black, if anything. Because like at least yeah. as far as I can tell. And like a cool thing they did. I was also like, you can tell that like when they're in, like the bar or the things. Like it feels like he just like ask people, hey, can we record this conversation and put it in a movie? Because, like, they feel like actual conversations people would be having. Well, that's the thing about this movie, is that, like, there's several scenes where it just sounds like conversations. Where, just, where like, Ralph or somebody on the film team, like, went to, like, some bar or to some place in New York City and just recorded a conversation happening between two random people. Like... Yeah. And then they just animated them to be animals giving those, uh, having those conversations. And, like, that's the thing, like, Disney, the crows there were very obviously caricatures. Yes. Whereas in this movie, this is, these are real people, because they're having real conversations. Right. right. And that's even prefaced, like, in the beginning, because, like, in the very beginning of the movie, it opens where, like, these construction workers on t- on a high beam doing their job, and you just feel like, this guy talking about his daughter going to college and shit. And it's like, you can tell that's just an actual conversation that was being had. That right, was recorded exactly. somewhere. Yes. Also, then a guy takes a piss, whatever. Uh, and then a guy takes a piss after eating a fish sandwich. Yes. It, yeah, exactly. Like it's mixing real life with like severely cartoony stuff. Like, like, why are the characters animals? Because Disney. Because Disney. Like, and like the most, the most take that Disney thing in the movie is like when the big riot happens midway through the movie. I yes. guess like two thirds of the way through the movie, if anything, of that actually, when yeah. that big riot happens, like we actually like there's a shot where like the planes are coming and you just see like in shadow was very clearly Mickey, Donald, and I think Daisy cheering them on basically say like disney is like the old way of thinking that mm-hmm. they don't want change the ha- progress to happen yeah because you know you see like the united states air force planes like flying into manhattan and dropping bombs in harlem like yeah that's yes exactly that is totally a dig at disney for sure and that's the thing with this movie is like like you were saying like he's portraying these characters as crows and it's like yeah that's horribly racist. I don't buy that Ralph was doing it to be racist. I think he was right, making a point. Right, because that was what was being done at the time. It was exactly. a take that to Disney, if anything. Exactly. But no matter the intention, he's still it doing still it. Is, it's still racist yes. today. Yes. Because regardless of intent, it still is. It still is. Exactly. I completely we 100% do not get, agree. We're both white. We do not get to decide what is and is not racist because we're not the ones who are being targeted. Right, exactly. Well, that's the other thing is like, okay, if all the characters who are crows in the uh, Fritz the Cat world are supposed to be black people, what are then white what's with everybody else? What, what, yeah, what race is everybody else? And that's like the point of it's a Disney thing because everyone's animals because Disney. But then right. that also like confuses the racial commentary because it's like there's so many different species here. Like, what is an aardvark? What is an what aardvark? What is a cat? What is a cat? What is a pig? What is a lion? What right. is a dog? Yeah, because you have like the you have the scene in the synagogue where they're all lions because they're all supposed to be Jewish. But then, and like, 
we don't of, we also don't even understand the commentary there like Bakshi's Jewish correct Bakshi is Jewish so like what is the point of making all of them is like is that like a thing like oh they're lions because lions are strong fuck Nazis is that it is it does is it just Ralph likes lions was there like an actual thing right back then with depicting them as lions I don't know were lions easier to draw than any other a- animal like yeah like you it's all it's a little confused um because then also you have the pig characters obviously all the cop characters are pigs it's like that makes sense because yeah that makes but then sense it's like is everyone who's born a pig supposed to be a cop yeah and then one is of the it cop- their destiny to become a cop oh hey ma when he's in the synagogue he's like he's oh hey ma hey uncle like your uncle's a lion? Your uncle's a lion? Your mom's Your a lion? Your mom's a lion? Yeah, again, because the cop is Jewish. So it's like, okay, but he's not a lion. So what? What, do you, what, what is going on here? Like, or is There's that multiple j- rabbits. There's a horse that I thought was a hippo at first. <laughs> yeah, there's the rabbit who's a Nazi. Like, what? okay, like, how does that tie into the lions being Jewish? Like, again, we're only questioning this because they made it a, a point to say that, hey, all the black characters are crows. So like- yeah. That's why we're that's why we're like questioning this. So it's just again, like, I guess maybe for like, it's just that because that's what the scene called for. And that's what he wants to say in the moment. But maybe not with every scene. Does that apply? But then you just kind of have to wonder, Okay, it gets confused. It gets confused. Exactly. Exactly. Like. It's it's like how I'm gonna bring up uh, Jess and her review of Elemental. How like you know she said, "Hey, I thought metaphors were supposed to clear things up in the movie." Whereas like I feel like the metaphor here is just kind of muddying things a little, you know. And like again, like to go in the context back then, just saying anything at all was big a big statement. But That's nowadays, it's like, well, you everyone said everything, so like now it gets it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. You're just like, okay, you said this. Well, okay, well, Fritz again, Fritz the cat said this 40 years ago. So what? But that's also the thing. They only just they were just saying things at all. Right. That's all it was. Right. We need which yeah, back then impressive. Today it doesn't mean a goddamn right. thing. And that's why I view Fritz the cat as more of a time capsule, if anything. Yes. Like that's why it's, I like. You Fritz can't the cat. speak about it in any other way otherwise. Cause exactly. Yeah, and I I will always say like you need to judge the movies on the grounds of when they first came out. Sure, you can't look at Snow White with the same standards as you would view Tangled because there's like mm, like what true. 60, 70 years between the two of them. The standards yes. have changed. The standards for have Snow changed. White, it was just a technical marvel that that was able to be done at all. Mm-hmm. Of course, the story is going to be paper thin because the fact that they were able to do the movie at all was just impressive. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas nowadays, with all the technology and teams we have for this, Disney's a huge company. Of course, Tangled is going to be what it is. Right. Exactly. It's unfair to Snow White to judge it the way you judge Tangled. Right. Right. Yeah. It no. is unfair to judge the original King Kong on the same <laughs> level that you would judge. I don't fucking know Doctor Strange. Uh. Or, or you know, Kong Skull Island or like King any Kong kind of like big CG movie. Yeah, like those techniques literally did not exist. Like, there's a point with the original King Kong that like movie scores were not really a big thing until that movie. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's 
I mean, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's a, there's the, you got, there has to be context given in order for you to understand why a movie is the way that it is. And, and like the understand, like the making of the movie, the production does understand why that movie is the way it is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And also the thing, the thing with this movie is like, it is also pretty choppy in its style, but again, that's just, that's Ralph. intentional. That's just Bakshi being Bakshi. Like that is, and like, that's just, that's New York. That's like that New York <laughs> sketchy yeah. style that you'd see in like a, like a bar or something that or is also new that is also new york have you guys been to new york it is <laughs> that is exactly what it's like it's a fucking mess down there look but, at like the uh that tmnt movie coming out later this year like that's yeah. all oil painting style with the backgrounds and like it's the same kind of thing just without the paint yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so like it's spot on in that regard right yeah and it's and it adds to the style so like that's why yes i as i was just saying i view fritz the cat as like this time capsule but it's a fascinating time capsule like i am fascinated by this movie i think it it does so much like it's just throwing so much at the wall and clearly not and everything hoping sticks. something hoping something sticks hoping something most sticks. of what sticks is come <laughs> And like we'll get in, we'll we will get into the plot, but like since we're talking about everything else about the movie, like what, like again, like this was a big groundbreaking thing at the time, just like showing all this, like yes. having nudity in an animated film and acknowledging sex at this mm. point, because like acknowledging that in that like the the seventies was really like the time when that was really just becoming a thing that you could talk about in the media, right? Like famously, like even in animation, but just TV as a whole, the Flintstones was controversial when it first came out specifically because they were had they depicted Fred and Wilma actually sharing a bed which didn't happen on TV yet at that point that's crazy like the flintstones of all things was controversial because the the loving wife and husband actually shared a bed oh i can't comprehend it you couldn't show that on TV at the time even though that's what happens in real life yeah that's what happens in real life like ugh. That's... But you couldn't show that on TV, apparently, until the Flintstones, of all things. Oh, so, like, brother. just, like, a mo- an animated film involving willing to talk about this was groundbreaking. Yes. The thing is, like, Fritz the Cat was groundbreaking at the time of it came out, and it set a precedent for animated films being able to do this, mm-hmm. like, for adult animation going forward. Right. Unfor- the point I wanted to make, though, that I mentioned earlier, though, is that, unfortunately, the for worse I was getting at was that Adult animation, at least in America, on mainstream, hasn't evolved past Fritz the Cat yet. Yeah. You look at Family Guy, you look at, like, other raunchy adult anime cartoons and stuff, and, like, they have not evolved past doing what Fritz did, unfortunately. Yeah. It's still just, we're gonna say fuck, we're gonna have sex, it's gonna be crude, and that's all. Gonna... It, mainstream adult animation in America has not evolved past this. Yeah, they're just gonna be one seasons on Netflix. It's just some crappy animated. Well, I say one season when fucking Big Mouth exists, but you know, yeah, no, that is the stereotype. Uh, unfortunately, um, and Fritz started it, and like, Fritz it's did a start shame. it. Yeah, it is. And a that's shame. the other thing. Like, if Fritz the Cat did. It came out, was brand new today. I would probably hate it for the exact same reasons. I would too. Yeah. No, you're, you're 100% right. It would, it would just be the worst. Ugh. Because it just, it isn't doing anything differently from them. And that's not a fault of the movie. That's no. a fault of America. Though that's, yeah, that's the fault of that. Again, like, 
it go, it's the same argument with the MCU. I don't blame Marvel for the state of cinema right now. I blame studio heads being gigantic morons thinking they can copy what Marvel did. Like, unfortunately, Marvel's also not doing great right now either. Though. No, Marvel's not doing great either. But again, like, I don't blame the I don't blame the original thing that started the trend. I blame the people taking advantage of the trend. That's what I blame. Right. So. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't blame Fritz. I think, and I, because I think Fritz, when it comes to raunchy adult animation, I think Fritz is one of the better things I've seen doing this kind of th- doing this kind of thing. You know, like taking something that is historically for children, but making it really raunchy. I mean, the only other thing I can think of at the moment that also that I also like that does that better is Meet the Feebles, but that that's more has to do with like puppetry and stuff like that, right? Um. But yeah, yeah. Do you want to get into the plot now? <laughs> yeah, I guess we should actually talk about the literal plot of the movie. So basically, like, it's a real, kind of a paper thin plot. To be honest, it's just a series of events that happen to this character. Yes, because really, it's just about Fritz himself. Right. So Fritz is a college student in New York, and he's like the st- the stereotypical like hipster. Like, I guess not really hipster, but like the college student who like. He's a pseudo-intellectual who thinks he has it all figured out and is too good for all this shit. Exactly, yes. That and is, the that movie shows time and time again that he is not at all too good for this shit. No, And he does not actually know anything he's talking about. He's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> and the and the whole the thing is that character actually exists in real life. There's hundreds of Fritzes out there. There's so many Fritzes out there. And like... He keeps acting like this, but, like, immediately every single time he just gets proven wrong. Right. Like, he gets proven wrong immediately the first time he does anything. Like, the first time he, like, says his thesis statement for what it is. Like, I'm going to get out and really live. I'm going to get out of this place. Only do... I'm not going to listen to the man or anything. He burns his homework and books. And then immediately realizes, oh, shit, I burned all my notes and books. And now I'm going to flunk out of college and my parents are going to be so mad. Oh, damn, I didn't think this through. I should get a blanket. The blanket's on the fire. The blanket's on fire. <laughs> the fire department. Yeah. No, it is. I, that is a great scene of him just being like, oh, fuck you guys. I know everything. And it's just like, dude. And that's the moral of the movie that Fritz does not know anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what that's so interesting about this movie is that your main character is a fucking dumbass, which you can do. You can screw that up horribly where you can fun make... fact the main audience for this movie at, at the time was college students right exactly and yet it was still a big hit now was it a big hit because maybe they didn't get it i mean i think it was a big hit just a matter of that it was like that that late 60s early 70s counterculture the right. anti-disney film so that's why like also this a is a movie that speaks to us right yeah yeah definitely yeah <sighs> Yeah, it also probably wasn't that. It probably also wasn't expensive to make that expensive either. So like, it probably just turned a profit really easily. That's true too. Yeah, we need more mid-budget movies. We really bring back the mid-budget movie. Ugh, please. (laughs) Why does Indiana Jones Five cost two hundred fifty million to make? Because they needed a hundred people to DH Harrison Ford for the first thirty minutes. That is true. They there was a team of a hundred people just hired just to DH Harrison Ford in that movie because Disney is too big to fail and has all this money they don't know what to do with. Well, and they still haven't made a goddamn Mickey Mouse movie. Nothing lasts forever, Disney. 
how long how long until Disney becomes a Rome and just falls? Uh, we need Disney to be back where they were in the eighties and almost dead, so they have to actually try again. Yeah, we need another Little Mermaid. We need another Black Cauldron. <laughs> we need another Black Cauldron. <laughs> they need another Black Cauldron, so they have to make a great mass detective. Exactly. So exactly. that they can then make another Little Mermaid. Don't say they need another Little Mermaid, because they literally just did. Oh, shit. You're right. Fuck! No! <laughs> they need to. Get, we need a Black Cauldron, so they have to, to do a great mass detective again. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the way to go. But yeah, it's like, so Fritz then just kind of like goes on this journey in quotes with him just experiencing different things to realize he really does not know what the hell he's doing yeah like we were saying with the uh crow characters like he goes into harlem and he thinks he figures out hey i know how to save the black people and which for the record he has that epiphany because he had sex with a black woman exactly yeah. That's the only reason he does that. It's like, I have ha- now had sex while high with a black woman. I have seen God. Revolt! Revolt! Get the fuck off my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's that- the most real thing in the movie. Like, revolt! Get the fuck off my car! Yeah, you're, you're causing a disturbance when there was nothing wrong happening, and then what happens? The cops Which, come in. I they- think we need to talk about the bar scene before that, though. Yeah, like, that's, he ends true, up that's true, that's true. Yes. Okay, he gets in trouble with the cops because, like, the first thing that happens, he gets in trouble with the cops because he uh, was went to that party or whatever with those women and uh, had sex a lot. And, and then marijuana. He yeah. grab he steals a cop's gun. He's on the run from. He hides in the synagogue where he tries to sleep with a Jewish woman. I guess. I guess. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, it's it's. And then he's just on the run. He's like he's a fugitive. He goes back to his dorm. That's when he sets everything on fire. Then he's like out and about again, and then he goes to Harlem. He goes to the bar to hide out, mm-hmm. and that's when he meets Duke. And like he talks to Duke, and like Duke, like you can just tell, like Duke has met like a million Fritzes at this point. You can just tell from the dialogue. Yeah, because but, like, he's more focused yeah. on his game of billiards than he is on whatever Fritz is talking about. And you can tell he's just running at the stock lines. It's like I've heard this exact same speech from a white boy telling me like how he feels bad for us and wants yeah. us to get help like i have heard this a million times put up or shut up exactly yeah exactly and like eventually he warms around to him because fritz accidentally helps him win the game of pool against Mm -hmm. himself yeah (laughs) and so he's like let me buy you a drink like oh you know what maybe this white boy is okay we'll help we'll we'll you know matt we'll talk to him fritz immediately screws up saying Hey boy, give me a drink. Like, and just immediately says something stupid and racist. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, boy, give me a drink, and you're just like, dude, come on, like, come on, man. Yeah. And there's like the scene where like Fritz then sees like the standup between Duke and the bartender. After that, like, this is real life, Fritz. You do not know where you are. You do not know what you're talking about at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, yeah, and then he goes with Duke to Big Mama's house. Um. And that's where he gets high, and that's where he has sex with Big Mama. Actually, no, that's where he's, like, chasing no, her he, around. And that happens, like, after, like, the car chase scene, where he, like, Duke wants to take the car from, like, the rich oh, guy. Oh, right, and, yeah, the, the and car Fritz, chase. And Fritz, like, says, let me drive instead. He's yeah. like, okay, you're not gonna let him drive the car he found? Okay, yeah, sure. Sure. Okay, white boy. <laughs> okay, white And then boy. he, like, he has no idea what he's doing. I'm driving like a crow. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. And he almost gets them killed. He gets them stranded on the bridge. Right. The bridge. Yeah. The bridge. Duke, you saved my life. Why? Why did you save him? Yeah. Why? Like, (laughs) I mean, I get why. They go to Bertha's house. Mm -hmm. And that's when he has sex with her. And mm-hmm. realizes I'm. We need to revolt. Stand up against the man. Well, that's when he so, like takes off all his clothes, and she's just like, "Oh, Fritz. honey, you're not black enough." Yeah, and he's just, and you're just like, "Well, wait a minute. He just took off his shirt. Like he wasn't wearing any pants to begin with." So <laughs> I guess he's dickless. I guess so. No, no wonder he he's not black enough. But like, then he causes that disturbance and gets like an actual riot started against the police. And Fritz is thus responsible for the death of many innocent people. And again, because Duke doesn't get gets hurt. shot and killed at Duke this gets point, shot and killed, which was and really other people upsetting. in Harlem are getting shot by the police. They're fi- trying to fight back. Yeah, the na- the the army is called in, and like this is like like scenes. These are probably like reminiscent of like the actual civil rights movement too. Yeah, civil rights movement, the constant like college campus uh, riots that were happening at that yeah. time. Yeah, like. And it's you, very just, like, you can tell like Fritz is not at all prepared for any of this because this is real life. These are real people and lives at stake that you cannot even comprehend. Yeah, there's that, that scene. It ends with him running away. Well, before, like, he, oh, before we he shall overcome away. and this yeah. books it. Yeah. Hiding behind the wall. We shall overcome and then runs the fuck away. Like, because he's, like, he's the guy who like he's the stereotypical student who's like, we need to stick up against the man and talk about talk. He talks big, but he himself is not willing to actually put himself on the line to actually do any of the fighting. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it, that's where like the social commentary is super brilliant. And I th- and I love because it's movie. true because it is and true. It's still relevant today. Very relevant today. Yeah, no. And I'm glad the movie is actually pointing that out. Um you don't often see that in movies nowadays. So like, I think that's really appreciative. So yeah. And then that's when he's like hiding out in the trash can. And that's when his girlfriend unbeknownst who has not been established in the movie yet at this point. Well, that's the thing is like, there's a character named Winston early on. That's like one of the three bitches he fucks in the, uh, in the bathtub, yeah. In the bathtub. But, but then, then there's a different unrelated girl named Winston, which that might have just been like a fuck up on their end that like that wasn't yeah. supposed to be the same name. They just accidentally said it. Yeah. Or like reused audio in the wrong place. Right, exactly. Exactly. Which But I like that's totally his girlfriend that. bails him out and like, okay, I'll bail you out. I have money and a car. We'll like, go live in San Francisco. Cisco, I'll take care of you. Right. He gets bailed out by his girlfriend. Who he just like is does not give a shit about, even though she like Winston. Everything Winston says is just correct. Like mm-hmm. I am, you are not doing anything for yourself right now. You are just up your own ass. Mm-hmm. Like you are lucky that you have me and that I love you and I'm willing to do this for you. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then he ends up leaving her stranded. Which okay, to be fair, running out of gas was her fault. Just read the damn module. Yeah, that was the read one. Th- th- that yeah, was the one that's thing. That's the one thing that's her fault. <laughs> yeah, that was just, the one thing. <laughs> how did you not know you were running out of gas? Yeah, like there's literally a line that there's literally a like a ticking thing that either says it's either at F or it's at E. If it's at E. You're empty. <laughs> like, Which, why did you let it get that far? Yeah, that's, again, your But own then it's fault. like, again, like, he, she sends Fritz to go get gas. So here's a bucket, go get some gas. And, he just and then he just strands her there. Yeah. And we don't see her for the rest of the movie. No, we don't. I completely forgot about that. I'm like, oh, right, you never see her again. Yeah. 
So for all we know, she probably she probably hitchhiked or something, right? Because they saw him with that car was stranded at the side of the road, got towed, right? But I'm again, sure she's fine. I'm sure she's fine, but, but yeah. it's still the act of leaving her. You're just like, dude, like, like that is your like again, like you are nothing without her at this point. Yeah, exactly. And like that's when he runs into the uh, Nazi rabbit in the biker girl. Yeah, and he accidentally becomes a terrorist. And he accidentally becomes a terrorist. Which like, and that's the whole thing. Like Ritz, like the whole time is like, I'm gonna actually live, like cause, make a change in the world. Like he talks all this big stuff. But he does not recognize what a fucking Nazi is. No, because they say revolution. Because, and it's like because he just hears the word these buzzwords and thinks he's gonna make a change. But because but here's the in the movie even confirms this because like there's a scene where like they finally meet their lizard cult and like the 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 lizard woman asks what are his political views and the rabbi guy says pretty much nil honestly yeah and that's correct because Fritz as a character doesn't actually believe in anything no i mean he is a complete empty there is nothing to him he he, talks big but when it actually matters there's nothing to him so he's just gonna latch onto whatever is in front of him because he's a college kid he's an impressionable youth he doesn't know anything right he doesn't believe in anything exactly and, like, wh- whether that was intentional, that's, like, the ultimate takeaway from the movie, that, like, people like this are just empty. They do not actually believe in anything. Exactly. Do not listen to them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. that I think it was intentional. Whether or not it was actually executed properly, that's a debate up for whether you as an individual think it is. I personally think it works really well. Well, yeah, it does work well because it's just true. There are people exactly like Fritz in the world. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Like, it's not at all surprising that when he actually goes to join the Nazi lizard cult, he's just jacking off in a bed somewhere. (laughs) And like when they start attacking Harriet, like he's like, "Hey, that's not cool. Don't do that." He's not actually running up to help her at all. He's just like, you, you shouldn't do that. That's bad. Yeah. And then afterwards, he's just like, hey, I'm real sorry they were doing that to you. They shouldn't have been doing that. It's like, yeah, too little, too late, asshole. And then it's like, he's the one that gets stuck hoarding the bomb at the end. Because like, yeah, this guy doesn't believe in anything. He is completely disposable. He's completely disposable. Which for the record, we talked about this while we watched, because we watched the movie together. Yes. Uh, We watched Fritz to get together. That is sad. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> uh, like... Like, the plan that they had is stupid. Yeah, they're... We're going to dismantle L.A. and their government by blowing up a random power plant. Yeah. With a couple (laughs) sticks of dynamite. With a couple sticks of dynamite. What are you going to accomplish with that? If anything... Like, you figure, L.A. is huge. They probably have many power plants. It's the second biggest city in the country. You're going to take out, like, a single block, if anything, just by doing that. Yeah. You are accomplishing nothing. Yeah, you're taking out a single block, and Which, again, to be fair, they're Nazis, and Nazis are stupid idiots. Right, exactly. So (laughs) So they don't believe anything either. They don't believe anything either, yeah, exactly. But, like, yeah, you're just going to take out a block of suburbs, and it's just going to be inconvenient at best, like... It's, again, like, yeah, it ties into that you don't know jack shit, so, like, you're not actually accomplishing anything, so... It's not a real revolution you're joining. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it is just, like, three people in an abandoned church. And yeah. Maybe, and maybe the horse And throw. one of them is only one of them is only there because it's her, her boyfriend. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And the boyfriend doesn't even care about her any way, shape, or form. No, he's too... like the first time we meet them, like he is not paying any attention to her. He is zooted out off his mind on heroin. Yeah, he's just fixing his bike. He's just driving around. He has not noticed anything. The only he doesn't re- even the know only... she's he, there. He at first abandons her, and the only reason he goes back to her is because she's holding the heroin needle. Like that's what calls him back to her. Like it's like he does because he. She he doesn't even notice that she's there, if anything. Right, exactly. Exactly. So then yeah, he Fritz has the bomb, he places it in the one section of the power plant. And, and then he gets like high and mighty on something. No, you know, I'm not gonna do this. This is stu- stupid. I'm gonna do a fight for a real cause that actually matters, but by that point the fuse is lit, he sees go up like far out. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Which is, yeah, it's real. That's actually really poignant. How, like, you know what? I'm going to start being, I'm going to start fighting for a real cause, but it's too little too late at that point because he, he's gone too far. Now, this is a cartoon, so naturally he lives. Um, yeah, he's too horny to die. He's too horny to die. He's wrapped like, up in bandages. What fixes in his injuries? Uh, the girls from the beginning will show back up again with Harriet, and then he wants to have sex with them all. Yeah. And then he and does. And that's the end of the movie. And that's the, that's literally the end of the movie. Like we're not even exaggerating. Like it doesn't even have like a pan out shot from the hospital. It's just like it's him having sex with the girls on the hospital bed. The sheriff on the other on the other or like that yeah that sheriff on the outside of the room is just like that Fritz the cat. What 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 a guy. And then it just fades into the credits. Like that's that's how the movie ends. <laughs> oh, Bakshi. <laughs> What a film. What a film. I'm yeah, no. I I'm so glad we got to talk about it here because this is not, this is a movie we I'm glad we again, much like Labyrinth, I'm glad we actually got an opportunity to talk about this movie because I I mean, we're saying all this stuff. This isn't even my favorite Bakshi movie. I should preface this. Or yeah, like and I I should specify like Again, like I give the same rating as Showgirls. I don't love this movie. I respect it more than anything. Because, mm-hmm. like, it was yeah. the first. Like, yes. I don't really like this movie on a on any sort of real level, but, like, I respect it for what it did and recognize mm-hmm. that as an important part of animation history and just film history in general. Yes, very true. Yeah. I, I guess I like it a little more than you do. I agree with all your criticisms. I like I have the same exact criticisms. Like it is, and a like very... to be fair, a lot of those criticisms are in retrospect. Exactly in retrospect, of course. Um, it's just that I think this movie is just way too special. Like I think it does achieve a lot of these things that like later movies just can't. Um, it does have that time capsule feeling to it, where you're just like, oh yeah, this is more of a movie for the times. Um, but in a way... Because I, you look at it, like, again, like, all those problematic elements that were progressive back then are just outright racist or in bad today. Exactly. Or in bad taste. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no. I And I completely agree. I completely agree on that. Again, though... The nudity is just there for nudity's sake. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But again, when it was made... Right. 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 Yeah. So, uh, it's hard to look at it in any way other than when it came out, you kind of have to. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, I do, I do think I liked it more on this rewatch than I did initially. Mm hmm. Cause you know, it's more about like the character of Fritz himself more. Yes, definitely. Because Fritz is a terrible character, but in that way, he's a great character. No, yeah, no. That's what's fascinating about it is like, 
I feel like it's like I was saying, it's very hard to do this where like you're taking an unlikable character and making him the protagonist like that is extraordinarily difficult to pull off. But because it's real. Right. Exactly. I feel like These because are, this is a real person. This right. person exists somewhere in the world. Right, exactly. You probably met someone like this. Yeah. You probably are this person for all we the know. The Barstool intellectual. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like this movie like portrays him in that real sort of sense. So then I, I don't mind that he's such an asshole. Like, you know, at times his asshole behavior can be kind of funny, whereas like but also like his asshole behavior at least um, leads to some really poignant scenes. Like we were saying the riot scene, like I and again, like there's also like yeah, he's an asshole, but the movie does like we see time and time again that the movie explicitly does not agree with him. That's the other thing, too, is like, yes, the movie knows for a fact that he's an asshole. So it's not it's not, it's not trying to make him um sympathetic in that sense like yeah because he is wrong the movie is telling you time and time again fritz is wrong about all of this and that's fine that he's wrong again he's a college student he's young of course he's going to be wrong like of course so that's that's why i really do appreciate what this movie does like it's it's raw it's raunchy a little bit racist but there's piss there's piss there's a lot of piss that was that that dude was pissing up a storm at the beginning yeah like it knocks a guy out yeah it knocks a guy out <laughs> it just completely wiped just out smacks him on the floor like smacks damn. him on the ground it's so funny my man was frying chicken exactly yeah so but that's the thing is like i'm i would rather this movie be the way that it is warts and all because I feel like that makes it a lot more special and unique for that. I mean, because it is that time capsule and I would prefer that. I, I much prefer that over something a lot more sterile for sure. And like that's like the movie is definitely very raunchy. There's a lot of nudity in it. Like mm-hmm. honestly, this, I feel like compared to show, like show Wars has a, probably technically has more. Mm-hmm. It's a longer movie, but also again, it's like, that's a two hour movie. Yes. Like Fritz the cat is not even full 80 minutes long. So it feels like there's actually probably more per <laughs> more rapidly here in Fritz the cat than in showgirls. The so showgirls is more spread out. Well, at least in uh, showgirls, like characters sometimes wore pants. Like, right. Characters don't yeah, wear no pants. One's wearing in this. pants in this movie because they're animals. Because <laughs> they're animals. Right. <laughs> but, like the characters are showing the tits all the time. You see right. the cops dick at least twice. At least twice. At and least. Then be- and then he gets smacked by a, by a cross. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Kind of scene. Funny. It was very funny. <laughs> but like, yeah, the movie is crass and very, there's blood, there's piss. Like yeah. if the, you're, if you're squeamish for that and not, don't want to see that, understandably shouldn't watch. But if you care about animation history, I do say they should at least check it out. No, I think yes, I agree. I out of the two movies we've talked about today, I feel like this one should be seen. Showgirls, if you're really curious, I guess I would recommend it. But Fritz the Cat, I think no matter how squeamish you are, at least watch it once. I can't guarantee you're gonna like it. I mean, if you really are yeah. squeamish, you're definitely not gonna like it. But I think it is still an important movie, especially yes. if you are like an animation fan. Yes, this is an absolute nece- necessary watch for sure. Yeah, like I'm sure like some of the people that like some of our friends are going to be listening to this like, OK, maybe I'll check. I'm sure some, like they're probably going to hate it. Well, but like I think it's definitely important for animation history that I think you should at least 
owe it to yourself to see what it is about. Right, exactly. And well, Showgirls, well, even, I would also recommend on that level of, if you're curious, definitely see, watch it to see which side of the fence you're on between t- The Worst Thing Ever or Secret Genius. Right, exactly. And, and if you are on the side of Secret Genius, tell us what we're missing. T- please, by all means, please, I'm begging you. I'm still sitting on the fence at this moment. So, yeah, uh, well, so, again, like I said, I own this on Blu-ray, the exact Blu-ray you own of it, the Kino Because it's the only one, Blu-ray that's available. it's the only Blu-ray that's available. Um, and it took until, like, what, last year or year before to even get this out on Blu-ray? Yeah, it did take a while, which I get it, because it's Fritz the fucking cat, but, like, also... It's an important movie, though. It's Fritz the fucking cat, like, yeah, like, this yeah, is... Yeah, that's, like, the cool thing right now, because, like... So people who don't know, like, they go to Walmart and Target, Best Buy, they see the movie section shrinking rapidly as time goes on. They mm. were probably assuming that, like, the physical media market is dying. Nope. That's not even true. No. The truth of it is that, if anything, it's in a similar vein to the vinyl record industry where the market just shifted. It went underground. It's a collector yeah. market now. Exactly. We're, like, there are people who, like, do collect physical media then who are saying that we're in a golden age right now, if anything. Yeah. We are getting so many things that such a high quality that we would never have gotten before. Like stuff that like there's like indie films that never will have gotten released, like micro budget cinema from like the sixties is getting box sets. Mm -hmm. The Santo movies, the Mexican wrestler movie star guy, his stuff is getting loose on Blu-ray now and big box sets. Yeah. All this stuff is being done with such care showgirls got the vinegar syndrome ultra release that we talked about with the booklet the hard case and everything beastmaster got that like we're kind of like living in like a great era like last month arrow put out that amazing empire video box set that has like robot jocks dolls arena dungeon master that has like such high quality each movie has like free lobby cards and a double-sided poster with the new artwork and everything on it mm-hmm. big new restorations the best they could get with that yeah and pre- like just an amazing looking case it looks amazing on the shelf yeah like yeah like the like about a couple years ago shout factory did the friday the 14th box set with everything in it which was incredible because like the rights for those movies is split across paramount and warner brothers and they got the the deal worked out to put them all in one set like we're living in like a great time for physical media. The problem is that you just need to know where to look. Yeah, exactly. And the sad thing is most people don't know where to look. It is very sad. I, like you were saying, like target best buy, like Walmart. Yeah. I've been to target like a couple of times the past few months. I always frequent the movie section. It's depressing, man. Like it is so depressing. Just looking at like the same shit over and over again. And I'm just like, eh, I could buy this. like, I, I want the Prince of Easter 4K. It's not a Target or Walmart. It's only a Best Buy. Right, exactly. So, again, that's why I always bring up Bull Moose on this podcast. Like, that is the place I go to to get my movies because not only do they have, like, a huge pre-owned collection, like, they have, like, a Blu-ray boutique section. Like, they have all the Vinegar yeah. Syndromes, the Criterion Collections, the Shout Factories, the Arrows. FYE, like... uh, my FYE doesn't get everything in, but they do get some things. Like, they get stuff from Idiot Films every now and then. It's like, that. I got... The uh, the Dragons Forever 4K big box set they did for that they did the uh, I got the Super Cop one mm-hmm. I didn't get in the line of duty from them but like I ordered that online but like right. 
and like that's like 80 films that's a label that, that that's been around the uk for all that usually does like horror films and martial arts stuff they started releasing stuff in america last year they haven't done any of the horror stuff yet but they've been doing a lot of martial arts stuff and it's like shaw brothers stuff the in the line doing stuff with Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Rothrock. You got Jackie Chan films. Sam Hung Arrow's doing a lot more short stuff now. Like we're getting things we never gotten before. Now we are so close to getting Kung Fu from Beyond the Grave on Blu-ray. We are so Hope. close. Do I want like I want them to like release the Ricky O set in America? Oh yeah, that would be awesome. And it's like if you hear from Shafrillis, you know, like Michigan Monster. I'm the one who found that. I found that because Arrow Video put it out on Blu-ray, and I blind bought it from them. Cause like yeah, the other word "monster" in the title, I like monsters. Mm-hmm. And look at where we're at now. Just th- I never would have found it if Arrow Video never put that out. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're 100 right. If you right. want to know like what is happening with physical media, go to Blu-ray.com and check the release counter. I, I swear to God, there is a, at least 30 things, new releases every week, mm-hmm. and you're never going to find them in stores. They're only online that you got to look for. Right, exactly. Did you guys know that the 2000s Duck Dodgers animated series was released on Blu-ray this year? I know because of you. Yeah, like, you're not going to find that at Walmart or Best Buy. You nope. might find it at Barnes & Noble of all places. Yeah, you might. But otherwise, you gotta check on Primal. Got season two got released on Blu-ray recently. Mm-hmm. Like you got nowhere to look. Go check the Blu-ray release counter on Blu-ray.com. Please do. Yeah. Like check, keep checking that. See what's new every month. There is so much stuff that you never like. A lot of it is catalog titles from like years ago that never would get the big reception at retail, but online it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of horror movie stuff. There's like a lot of physical media collectors are actually like horror movie fans because like they have like nostalgia for the video store and that was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like definitely check that on that to see what you're missing. With the writers' strike is going on now, the SAG strike just started. Next year is gonna be fucky because executives are stupid and won't pay the writers. Nope. So when we're in a slump next year, go back and look at what you missed. Exactly. There's so much from decades past you have never even seen. So like you're never gonna watch everything. Use that downtime to see what hidden gems you've missed. Yeah. Why do you think I started this podcast? I have so many things from years past that like I've never seen. Like that's why I'm doing this. This is why I give you guys a hard time on Letterbox when I review Dario Argento movies that get like free like reviews. Exactly. And then I review a random Ghibli film and it's like twenty likes. Fuck you guys, watch something else. Watch something else for the love of Ghibli's God. Ghibli's great, but it's the Disney of anime. <laughs> That's very And that's not even that much of a joke. Disney's the one that localized those movies in the two thousands. So it's a it's a dual layer joke there, yeah. Like 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 I saw like Kaiser memes like got in trouble on Twitter a couple weeks ago because they said like all the people the animation is cinema folks when they and it's like the only watching Disney and DreamWorks movies, like people try to flex on them saying, No, it's not true. I watch Ghibli. Like that is the most mainstream anime you could have pulled. Yeah, you're talking. This guy reviews vintage anime from the '80s and '90s all the time on YouTube. He's d- they've done like the big l- retrospective on Looney Tunes. 
You do. You are not on their level. Yeah, you are. They. You are don't correct. know what you're talking about. They do. Exactly. exactly. Go back and watch something else. Yeah. Go watch a discotheque stream to see what they're localizing. Yeah. The Toei Puss in Boots movie is finally getting a Blu-ray release soon. That's where the Toei animation logo comes from. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I I had Olivia yes watch the this. Little Prince and the Eight-Headed Dragon last week. That like. That movie's from the early 60s. It's anime. It's better anime than most Disney movies from that era. Mm-hmm. Akira Fukumi did the score for that movie. He did, like, all the iconic Godzilla themes. Check that, the Japanese version of that. If you can find it, check that out. Don't watch the dub, though. The dub sucks. Right. But, like, check out the original version. <laughs> like, there's so much cool stuff out there you've never even seen. That's the point of why we're doing this. Exactly. That's why we're telling you to watch Showgirls, of all things. <laughs> Well, that's that. I want to tie into that. Like, honestly, like I was sort of pissed that like Showgirls was like the very first Vinegar Syndrome physical release that I was talking about on this podcast. But like, honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's matter. It's one of the more it's it's one of the more well known things. But like, it's still a cult thing. It is a cult Not thing. Everyone's going to know about it. And like, it's an amazing release. Again, like it look is. Up the pictures. Look up an unboxing of it if you want to see what it looks like. It's an incredible release. Yeah, I'm gonna have so many pictures of this for the podcast. But like, th- the point I want to make is: please go to Vinegar Syndrome. Please look at their collection. Get something. Discover. Yeah, like, hey, something. there's a lot of garbage there, but like, hey, it's oh, good it's, garbage. There's so and much. Check garbage. out their partner labels too. Like their partner labels are great. Like, yeah, Def Crocodile is becoming like one of my favorite ones on there because like they're releasing like a lot of like films from like russia or like anime films from romania that like i never would have seen oh it's and they're incredible stuff like mm-hmm. uh Ilya muramets i would recommend like like that's a great movie that tells like a russian folk tale epic poem and like the only way to watch that movie in america before them was like the butchered roger corman aip version called the sword and the dragon which is only known about because it was on mystery science reader 3000 right that sounds about right <laughs> So it's like, don't watch the butchered American version. Watch the original Russian version. Like, it's the cinematography in that thing is amazing. Yeah. Like, I I wasn't huge on a message from space, but like, just the fact that like a Romanian animated film from the eighties, like an adult animated film from Romania from the eighties, got a Blu-ray release, and others from there are getting there. Like, that's great. They're doing like, I put in a pre-order recently for like a release they're doing called the Pied Piper, which is like a uh, Czechoslovakian stop motion retelling the Pied Piper from a couple years back. Mm-hmm. That just looks awesome. Like yeah. the partner labels are doing awesome things. Like uh, the American genre film archive is reissuing their Hollywood double feature. That's the one that has who frame who killed captain Alex on it. Nice. Nice. That's getting reissued with like, with, and it's getting like the vinegar syndrome slip on it. Oh, dude, who framed? Who framed? You, you got me saying who, who killed? Framed. Yeah, who killed okay. Captain Alex with the vinegar syndrome logo on it? Thank God. Well, it'd be from the, it'd be from Agfa, but right. still, like, it get their slip cover because all the partner labels. If you order the slip cover, it's the same quality vinegar syndrome slip cover. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, check out vinegar syndrome. Check out Kino Lorber. Kino Lorber put out Death Wish with. Charles Bronson on 4K recently. They're doing other awesome things. Yeah. Go to Shout Factory. They're like the most known. We've talked about Shout Factory. It is July. The Criterion sale is happening right now. Arrow Video is doing their summer sale. Yeah. Synapse. Check them out. They they do like a lot of the Dario Gentle films over here and other cult horror movies. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we talked about Chat Factory before because we talked about the Army of Darkness 4K when we talked yeah, about like the Evil Dead Yeah, we're talking about them again because they're Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> they so. did the big, they did that, that one of the most legendary things they did was many years ago, they did that big Halloween box set of all the movies, which was like an incredible achievement because there's like, what, three or four companies involved with all those movie rights? Mm-hmm. Like... The, all the work that has to go done with these boutique labels is incredible. Yeah, like give all of them love. Yeah, Please. it's gonna their their releases are gonna be more expensive, but because that's because they're indie. They're indie. Yeah, and like they put in the work. They're like so many goddamn special features. It's, a lot of it's original. Even they'll give you like goodies and posters. I still have like, my Army of Darkness poster hanging up behind me. Yeah, yeah. that's like a movie sized poster too. Yeah, exactly. Like actual movie theater sized poster. That you're getting from them. Yeah. They found, like, the... Like, they did the Kong 76 release. They found and restored the TV version of the movie. Oh, my The three-hour TV cut of that movie. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah. This is all like, incredibly they do geeky. Work. But, like, yeah, this is all incredibly geeky and dorky, but, like, that's a good thing. Like, like people complain about, like, like Blu-ray releases sucking out. Like, you get a Warner Brothers movie from the store. It has that stock menu that looks like there's just a PNG with a with the menu slapped on it. Mm-hmm. There's, like, bare-bones special features. And, like, people say, like, oh, they don't put any effort in it. Then you look at, like, a boutique labor release, mm-hmm. and it's a goddamn labor of love. So much so. Like that's why I get annoyed on Twitter when I always see people saying they they don't make DVDs like they used to anymore. Like they bring up the Shrek Two menu and Far Far Away Out. Like yeah, that's awesome, but like you do not know what the fuck you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. It's like yeah, no shit. They don't do that anymore because guess what? The files weren't that big back in the day on DVDs. Yeah, like go back to watch one of those DVDs on your modern HD TV. You can count the fucking pixels. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm dreading putting the I'm I have an old cable guy DVD I'm dreading putting back in just to see what it looks like it's gonna like garbage yeah like yeah. I've seen my sister watch old DVDs on her 4K TV because she actually has a 4K TV right and like holy shit this is like burn on demander it's garbage quality I can count the pixels holy shit yeah I mean look there is still I do have nostalgia for DVDs sometimes as long yeah. as like you know because like as long as it looks fine like i don't really care whether it's blu-ray quality or dvd quality like if the box is really cool i'm gonna keep it but again it's like a more recent movie like it's gonna yes. be harder to tell you'll tell you can definitely tell if you're looking exactly but that too. that's also important for most people aren't gonna but like the right. older stuff especially before they went to digital like pre-2006 those copies probably won't hold up quality wise right yeah there's a reason a lot of those movies got a second dvd later on where all coincidentally all the bonus features was on a second disc. I wonder why. Yeah, hmm, suspicious. Because uh, otherwise you have to compress the shit out of it. Right, exactly. DVDs are a f- have four point seven gigabytes of storage. I guarantee you that this video we're watching right now on YouTube, the file size is going to be bigger than that. Probably. <laughs> you cannot fit this on a DVD, at least not a regular one. Not a regular one, no. You couldn't fit the Yummo Cut on a DVD. You could not fit the Yummo Cut on a DVD. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're in a post Yummo Cut world. <laughs> you know, people keep asking us where to watch it. Like, he has the drive link up on his channel. Yeah. And frankly, you can make your own version of it. You Just can download make your the own movies version. and t- slice them to yourself in Vegas. Exactly. Like, it's not hard. You can make your own version of the movie, guys. Come on. Yeah. Be creative for fuck's sake. Yeah. 
Stop bitching at Mordo. The man did his job. Yeah, the man did do his job, and he did a great job. That's why, like, what the like the five minutes it was on Letterbox, like, felt bad seeing like the negative reviews were like, okay, yeah, it's a terrible experience, but like, I feel bad for him in that case. Like, exactly. Yeah, he no. did it just as a just to see that it could be done, and exactly. it was funny. Yes, you know what? Like, yes. don't give it a rating at that point. Exactly. So yeah, shout out to Mordo. Shout out to the Ammo Cut. I can't wait. You'll for see when that... him. In the ne- you'll probably see him in the next episode too. Yeah, probably the next episode. <laughs> Oh, brother. All right. Well, then, you know what? We got to get I think to we the... should wrap it up, yeah. We should wrap it up because, no, look, look. Last minute thing, I completely agree with what you're saying. You are 100% right. Like, this this needs to be said. Like, absolutely, like, by physical. There's so many good things out there. As I was saying, check out Vinegar Syndrome. I, I really want to get to stuff like Tammy and the T-Rex and New York Ninja someday because those are better movies than Showgirls. But if Showgirls... Well, better in quotes. Better in quotes. <laughs> fair. but like, Technically, they're worse movies, but... <laughs> <laughs> but they're better experiences. Because <laughs> right. New, York, well, New York Ninja is just an entire thing on and of, in and of itself. Exactly, yeah. New York Ninja is impressive in the fact that it exists. Yes, that is the very, that is very, very And true. we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. But yes, if Showgirls had to be the episode where I we get to uh, gush about <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome, then so be it. So and just all the Bootsy labels, really. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I can't wait for this video to get two hundred views. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> William, please shout out your stuff. Where can people find you? It's in the link in the description. All right. Very <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> you know what? I'll take this opportunity to say, go watch the Yummo Cut. Find Mordo's channel. Go watch the Yummo Cut. Torture yourselves. Also, check out Dog Police. That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, watch the Dog Police music video. It's three minutes long. You'll thank us later. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, William, for coming on and talking about Showgirls and Fritz the Cat. I Nobody else would have. <laughs> You're damn right. I'm the reason you own both of these movies. Uh, you are the reason I own both of these movies. Exactly. So, yeah, thanks for that. And thank you, the listener, for listening to us ramble about these fucking movies. Uh if you want to support the show, give a like, give a comment, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or YouTube as well. That's fine, too. doesn't matter. But yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, always remember, they killed Fritz. They, they killed Fritz! They killed Fritz! All right, bye-bye, everybody. Just for